Vibrations Podcast, Part 17, Dr. Merrin Pierce. Hi, I'm Gary Brightman, and this is my weekly podcast called Vibrations. Established in 2018, Vibe is a book and music shop situated in Moi Wo on Lantau Island in Hong Kong. I've decided that this year I'll reduce the number of podcasts from weekly to bi-weekly, which will hopefully give you a better chance of keeping up with them. So what's been happening over the past couple of weeks? Given that the continued COVID-19 restrictions on social gatherings are still in place until at least after Chinese New Year, next weekend, we've been fairly low-key at the shop. I've now stocked up on the five Hong Kong countryside series of walking maps produced by the Lands Department. I'd well recommend these, and maybe they'll serve as a New Year's motivation to get you into Hong Kong's vast number of countryside walks to exercise both your body and your mind. Vibe is generally the only place on Lantau Island that stocks these maps and so they tend to sell out quickly. We have two new books on concession. Track of Time, Moments of Transition by Hampton resident Patrick Dransfield. Patrick is generously offering 10% discount to Vibe customers from Friday the 5th of February until April the 1st. Author and photographer Patrick is a long-term resident of Hong Kong and has attempted to express through the medium of photography and writing the emphatic connectedness we share as human beings. He has a deep interest in the visual arts and literature of both the West and China. He's slated for a talk at Vibe when restrictions are lifted. The second book is called Jacob and the Dust Bright by Moiwo resident Anna Rios and it's a nicely written and illustrated children's book. As of Monday the 8th of February, we have a new neighbour at Vibe. A government-sponsored recycling centre called Six has opened up next door. They're open from 9am until 7pm daily and you can find out more about the centre at wasteeducation.gov.hk. And so that leads us quite nicely into my next series of three podcasts with environmentalists. Over the coming weeks, I'll be interviewing Dr Merrin Pierce, Jenny Quinton of Arc Eden, and Lantau Community Officer Su Yin. Dr Merrin Pierce began his career as a land surveyor with the New Zealand government just as GPS technology was being introduced to measure land deformation. His interest in measurement science came about following an earthquake in his last year of college where the corner of his family dairy farm had dropped two metres. So rather than continuing on a path of accounting and economics, he chose to pursue environmental and technology work. His government work had him travelling around New Zealand, surveying in Antarctica and working remotely on international boundary projects such as the Iraq-Kuwait border. During his PhD studies in Australia, he got to experience a very different kind of nature to New Zealand that really ignited his interest in conservation work. Returning to New Zealand, he became a very active volunteer in flora and fauna restoration projects. Working within a large engineering consultancy firm, he experienced many engineering projects that were working against nature rather than with it. So in 2004, he went out on his own as a consultant. In 2006, an opportunity came up to be part of a team setting up a team building and training business in Hong Kong. In 2007, Merrin and his wife, Louise Taylor, moved from Wellington, New Zealand, to Hong Kong and have been part of the Moiwo community ever since. Both are very active in the community, particularly in the environmental and animal welfare areas, through organisations such as Living Islands Movement and Kirsten Zoo. 
Merrin is a sustainability strategist consulting within the Purpose Business Network to some of Hong Kong and region's largest companies and NGOs. When not in the boardroom or companies recycling bins, Merrin loves getting out on Hong Kong's trails with their dog Salvador and other poor mates. So welcome to Vibe, Merrin. Yeah, it's nice to be back here, Gary. Thank you. Often in here. Ah, uh, yep. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, so as we do with everybody, we're going to start with um, t- 10 quick-fire questions just to warm us up. Uh, not necessarily quick-fire answers. Um, question number one, favourite book or author? Well, pretty much non-fiction or autobiographies, okay. but anything that's not written, as long as it's a video of it or an okay. audio book. So ah. that's my way of reading. I don't like reading books. Favourite musical artist? Yeah, it's hard. I, I, I think the, being brought up on a dairy farm where the music was going in the in the cow shed the whole time. Okay, there were that would be like normal music, just a general radio station, or you get a okay. grandparents of that, and there was classical music going. Yeah, and I think what popped out for me was when I first heard uh, uh, what's his name, Jean Michel Jarre. And things uh, like Oxygen. It kind of took me from being classical music into modern future music. And interesting that you would hear it in a cow shed. Yeah, yeah, and that's the first time I heard it. And I loved that album since then. Yeah, you, you've got to relax the cows. Though. Yeah, that would, wouldn't it? That really would. <laughs> Preferred drink? One with friends. And along yeah. that lines, I often um, say uh, ideally brown bubbles. Okay. So yeah, I don't like champagne, but a yeah. beer, a beer that's got bubbles yeah. rather than a yeah. uh, more flatter English ale. No, no. I'll go with something with bubbles and brown. Do you have a life motto? Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Favorite Hong Kong walk? Anything that avoids yeah. a shopping mall. Good. Um, and there's so many cool places in Hong Kong, but I think one that just stunned me in a really good way was down southwest Lantau. Uh, it's above the, the Fan Lao area where you're up on the coastal cliffs. Yes. And you're looking down at these beautiful sandy beaches, you're seeing yes. camps, grounds, where they're looking out at the water, pink dolphins swimming past, uh, yeah, things yes. like that. And you're just going, wow, this is incredible. Yes. But that's what Hong Kong do- walks generally do. Favourite Hong Kong restaurant? Anything street food, but here, right in Muiwo, have to mention what we refer to thank you, thank you, uh, because it's actually called Yi Hen Seafood Restaurant. One of the ones in the old cooked food market here. Yes. So it's at the beach end there. And, uh, you know, being in Muiwo for 14 years, first night we turned up there, uh, sat down, just Louise and I, had ordered yeah. a beer, yeah. waiting for the food to come. We were sharing a beer, and yeah. next minute this hand reaches across and picks up the beer bottle <laughs> and pours it into their own glass. <laughs> and you're just kind of going, man, I don't know where you're from, but in many parts of the world, this is a called riot by now. Yes, <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. And it was the cook. Oh, really? He turned around and went off with his beer. And, and he just said, thank you, thank you. And you just left <laughs> kind of going, right. Wow. A few minutes later, bang, the full beer bottle came back on the table. New one. Faced with a python whilst walking up to the peak, what would you do? Stop and just go, wow. And then probably take a half step back as I work out whether he's had breakfast or not. And then just watch it and enjoy Mm. it and make sure others stopped and enjoyed it and didn't try and chase or hurt it or that. Because they're incredibly beautiful animals. Yeah. Um, Been lucky to be able to hold some at some times and that type of thing. Um, Yeah, I mean just just impressive yeah yeah just marveling just it basically the colors the way they're so confident yeah. moving in that yes and they're not going to be going after you yeah sure if you have a little small yeah. dog you might have to watch that but <laughs> yeah. other than yeah. that you know 
amazing animals. Yeah, it's going to be safe. Actually, you had a video with a python on it, didn't you? <laughs> yeah. Very impressive. Last year. <laughs> I was going walking along, along doing the standard, yes, the standard, um, yeah. you know, teenager, millennial type of thing, head down, looking at the phone, walking two dogs, and look up, and sh- it was within two metres yeah. of a small Pomeranian we were looking after, <laughs> the good old Mr Oates, you might say, <laughs> uh, and it was like, oh my goodness, step yeah. back, and just watched it and videoed it. Yeah. yeah, and it was a great video, actually, and I must say, Oates was asking for it. <laughs> <laughs> what's the best advice you were given? Give things a go. Well, what's the worst thing that could go wrong? Yes. If you plan for that, yeah. Well, then, and you're ready to accept that, yeah. well, go for it. That was one of the questions when we had the opportunity to come up here to Hong Kong. was yeah. like, well, yeah. what's the worst thing that could go wrong? Yeah. You run out of money and you might go back to New go Zealand. Back. The rocking chair test. I'm not sure if you've heard of that one. No. So you're sitting on the porch in your retirement. Yeah. yeah. What are you going to tell people that you've done in your life? What were you pleased of doing and what was the thing that you wished yeah. you'd tried and didn't? Finish this sentence. I live in Hong Kong. Because? Because I was faced with the challenge of if I went back to New Zealand and worked in the environment space there, in the sustainability space, how much a difference could you make with five million people? We've only just got to that. Whereas if I stay in Hong Kong and work with a couple of companies, which I've been lucky to do, you know, when you consider that the capital of New Zealand is Wellington, has a population around 400,000, and I've been lucky to work on sustainability projects with Jardine Matheson. They employ across Asia. Yeah. 400,000 people. It's the leverage yeah. impact of being near China in this region with the big yeah. is that you don't yeah. easily get to do in New Zealand. That's interesting, really. I, I'd like to explore that because you're really, that's sort of assuming you wanted to make a difference. Yes. You were brought up on a farm. Where did that ambition come from? I don't know. And maybe it's just my love of nature and hanging yeah. out with nature. Um, Mum and Dad would say, if I was lost as a two or three year old, they'd know where to find me around the house. It wouldn't be in the house. I'd be outside in the dog kennel. I'd have gone <laughs> off to have a, a sleep and a time out with a dog type of thing. Yeah. So being around animals, I just think you kind of saw the interaction between people and animals and how we're reliant on each other. Yeah. And that interest in the ecosystem and what's going on, life cycles yes. and that. Um, and, and that whole work that I got into following, as we mentioned, the getting into the surveying rather than being an accountant. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because of like, how's things done? How do we change things? Yeah. Um, and getting into places where you can get people thinking differently. Yes. That's what I love doing. It's just yeah. like, well, why do you do it that way? And someone says, it's in yeah. the manual. It's like, great, we can yeah. change the manual. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just written yeah. down. Good. Yeah, it's exactly. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's using a bit of lateral thought, isn't yeah. it? It's, it's thinking outside the box a bit more. Something from nature, you can pretty much find a similar story there and saying, well, yeah. this works this way, so is it likely that we can do that Yes. in this yeah. project we're working on? Because yeah. I get involved a lot with, well, my Cantonese uh, nickname yeah. or that yeah. is Dr. Lapsup. <laughs> because I'm always that's talking that rubbish, rubbish. <laughs> and doing recycling. Love it. Um, so it's that's one of the laps up. Yeah. So I, my, a lot of my corporate work is uh, yeah. looking in recycling bins and rubbish bins, saying to people, "Why is this here? Throwing away stuff. Someone's yeah. paid for this. Yes. Someone's had to put it here. There's energy resources all gone into that. So yeah. how do we reduce what goes into yes. the recycling bins and what goes definitely into the rubbish bins?" And then that works way yeah. back up some interesting conversations. You end up in the boardroom yeah. having saying, let's push this agenda along. There's a sort of common fallacy that in Hong Kong, what gets separated into the waste bins, metal, glass, paper, plastic, 
all ends up in the same place again is that true or not or it totally depends on where you are and what's going on okay um, and you may have noticed in in hong kong our roadside three color bins have been um uh, changed in their labeling because the yes. government yeah. started to focus in on plastic drink bottles because that's kind of the bulk of the plastic yeah so plastic bottles are what they're capturing but at the moment, we don't really have a back-end system to automatically separate yeah. things. Yeah. So if you do put um, things like the food left over in a, in a container and it goes yeah. in and spills across the other materials, that means it gets dirty and we don't have the cleaning yeah. system for okay. plastics or metals. Right. Paper, once it gets food waste or oil on it, yeah. it really lowers its value. So mm. keeping your office A4 paper separate from newspapers yes. separate from cardboard with tapes and oh, packaging yeah, yes. and labels and yeah, all that anything which is a different material, material. on that because you've got to separate yeah. it and so this yeah. is where we get into a system of i really think hong kong's missing that we haven't gone and got what's called MERF, a materials yeah. recovery facility right which is where you've got technology that that assists the separation that yeah. people are doing that they can automatically separate metal from plastic and paper and down to yes. the colors and that so world-class uh, Asian yeah. city, but yeah. our recycling mm, waste management so. is get it to the incinerator that's coming yeah. and uh, yeah. get it to landfill. So do keep recycling, but if it, you're in the office situation, make yeah. sure your office paper is not just mixed with other types of material. Yes, then or the recyclers will love or sellotapes or... All that's yeah. got to come off it. And then aluminium cans. Uh, I switched yeah. from drinking beer out of a brown glass bottle initially okay. because an aluminium can, Granny's going to collect that. So I get the yeah. beer, yes. I get happy, she yeah. gets happy she because she gets the money as well. To change the glass recycling in Hong Kong, yeah. glass is one of the things that's best recycled in Hong, so if, in Hong Kong. If you can get it into oh. the, the glass bins that are scattered all over the place now, Okay. They are being collected and managed very well. Metal gets emptied by Granny and Granddad. Yeah, yeah. We don't need to discuss why that is the case in Hong yeah. Kong, but okay. it's sad that our social uh, yeah, support doesn't systems provide for doesn't those support people. those people. So then they might pull out the paper and the card, but um, plastic, yeah. it's bulky, light, yeah. doesn't go anywhere, yeah. in the sense that it takes a lot to transport it to a place. So yeah. It's cost of getting it to a place. So that's where um, the bins work. Yeah. if we don't stuff it up totally and yeah. do, do make a little bit of effort to make sure the right things go there. I remember, really, it wasn't that long ago, um, maybe eight or ten years ago, where bottles were the thing that, that we couldn't recycle here. So it sounds like we've made the biggest advances in glass recycling in Hong Kong. Is, is that the case? Yep, we've made some yeah. good progress there and they're yeah. starting to catch up on the plastics in yeah. a way. Which I think that's the other big important thing, isn't it, really? If you can avoid buying from supermarket, if you can buy from wet food markets, from bulk yeah. sort of places it, as we've got in Moi Wo, it is, it's a positive, isn't you it? You also have to look at not only the yeah. packaging the product comes in, but yeah. the bulk packaging that that comes in and yeah. how it's wrapped. So yeah. whether you're buying an apple at the wet market or at the supermarket, yeah. if it's coming in that silly foam, uh, spongy yes. stuff, yes. and they've pulled it off and thrown it somewhere. So whether it's yeah. your private life or work life, try and look back up the chain to see yeah. what's happening because yeah we were surprised when i was doing a project with cafe pacific on what yeah. was being loaded on the planes a yeah. lot of the plastic was actually the wrapping of the items that weren't plastic right and so it's okay. the bag that everything yeah. goes in yeah making sure you know what the material is 
seeing the animals and growing up with the animals was a, was a sort of a that precipitated something in you did it or it did and that's when seeing um the difference in nature in new zealand and australia coming back to new zealand after my phd it was uh, a case of i didn't know enough about new zealand wildlife so got very much involved with that the challenges in new zealand like everything's basically a bird and there's rats and cats and dogs that'll just catch them and kill them type of thing because there's yeah. no native cats or dogs or any other animals other than bats in New Zealand. And I ended up on down the bottom of the South Island uh, for two weeks cutting batteries around to put little electrical uh, heat pad to put on eggs when these kakapo, a very rare parrot, oh. parent went off at yeah. night. So you're basically there, the doorbell went off as they left the nest. Yeah. You went and put this little electric blanket on them, <laughs> kept the eggs warm, because at that stage there was only 87 of these birds in the world. I was lucky enough to help a sound recordist one day shift some of these eggs in a little toolbox. We had three fertile eggs and you're walking on muddy, dirty trails that are just like not easy to walk on. And you go, where else in the world do I get a chance to hold 3% of a world's population and do not want to trip over? Yeah. And I use that story a lot in getting kids inspired about what are they passionate about here in Hong Kong and also uh, uh, similarly in the corporate world is that what can you think of that you could be involved with that you could be a part of three percent of the population and they're quiet for a moment and reasonably often kids come up with the chinese white dolphin the pink dolphin yes there's only about a hundred of them here we don't even know the porpoise so very easily again yeah it's you can use that to get people going wow i could do something right here yeah and so these 15 years later we're at about 211 birds now in the world very slow because they only breed every six or seven years yeah and so amazing yeah so the kakapo amazing project what's your favorite area of hong kong anywhere outside as you gathered you know don't put yeah. me in a boardroom for too long yeah, uh, yeah 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 get me out of the shopping malls well Lantau, 14 years here we looked at living outside kong and that and the traffic yeah. was a bit more so i'd rather take a ferry into central yeah. when i need to rather than and yeah. you know how long it's going to take yeah and you know when you've missed it that you can sit at the waterfront yeah. and just wait for the next ferry to come along yeah. and chill don't out panic. and watch the lights and all the madness that is yeah, hong yeah. kong going yeah. on tell us a little bit more about how you an- ended up in hong kong yeah, it's interesting. Well, the first time was three weeks before the handover in 97, passing through here on a way back to Australia. Yeah. We're still living in that area of the world, and um, we did a stopover at that yeah. stage. And it's kind of seen Hong Kong at that um, time for two nights. One night in Macau, two nights in Hong Kong. Okay. Then uh, as I went out on my own consulting, we had this opportunity, um, well, we're in New Zealand, to be part of a team building training enterprise okay. up here in Hong Kong and that we were running that remotely and then the other shareholders um, said hey why don't you and Louise go up to Hong Kong and run this it's kind of like yeah. uh, how are we going to make money well what are we yeah. going to do we weren't yeah. on a corporate package you know yes. we were coming up as an entrepreneur who hadn't really been here yeah um, wow. got up here and enjoyed that realized I should have learned some more Cantonese to really help wow. that yeah um, and then after a year we a year and a half we on sold that business and at that yeah. stage yeah. because of the language and corporate training it was going to be easier for the products we we're doing if someone could speak both languages to do the training right and so we were sitting here going well what next what do we yeah. want to do yeah and well where should we go and it was no what do we want to do 
And then it was like, okay, we want to do more for environment. We don't have children, so it meant yeah. moving was a little bit easier. Yes. Yeah. Um, or not moving type yeah. of thing. So realizing that you could have mm. both here yeah. and, and an impact in a business sense, yes. as well as a really good personal growth outdoor okay. experience and that. Yeah. And so that's why we decided, well, let's stay in Hong Kong, give, yeah. it, give it a go, yeah. um, a bit more on and changing. And then I ended up working for Friends of the Earth for uh, four okay. years. And over right. that time, that's yep. really when I learned about the waste management, recycling systems yep. going on and what wasn't. And that's how I've ended up with the consulting in the sustainability yep. space now from that okay. um, work with corporates on roadside air pollution that I was doing, which is quite good because yeah. that, that's improving our air quality here in Hong Kong. But that's the part I love is having the yeah. closed door conversations with corporates and yeah. government yeah. To, to look for solutions that we can work through and come come to a point of disagreeing yes yeah. but agreeing that we still need to improve yeah. in an area and how do we work that's my style that's what yeah. i love like so many so, parts of the world you know people ask yeah. me why am i not in new zealand and i kind of yeah. go well i can make a difference here and they say well, isn't it all kind of like perfect and new zealand go no 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 yeah. you get a little bit of layers off yeah. anywhere's got an issue yeah but i just love working in a space where you can actually and by work i mean i do a lot of volunteering as well yeah you know, so like living islands yeah. movement green drinks yeah on animal rescue group yeah you know, kirsten zoo and yeah. these things as well as um mazarang which is based on reforestation in indonesia and trying to stop wild life trafficking ah, from Indonesia okay um, and then somewhere yeah. in there I do kind of get yeah. some work done with corporates yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that's yeah. what I love about the freestyle yeah. consulting I can yeah. mix up my projects and um, yeah. pretty much everything I choose is uh, based on a simple philosophy is will this make a difference to help people reconnect with nature and once yes, we get the connection back to nature again yeah. like water air pollution yeah. animals then there's a reason for them to kind of do something yeah. at work. They kind of yeah. see how it connects with their family. I mean, it sounds harsh, but maybe is COVID a positive thing there? Because people have actually now been forced to have time to think and get out of their normal work situation. They're just, because a lot of people can say, well, look, I'm just too busy for this now. I've got yep. this busy, high powered job. You know, I, I do agree with everything you're saying, but. <laughs> yeah, and the but. Yeah. I think has come up when mm. high-powered jobs, lots of money, but you can't get home yeah. to family or you can't yeah. travel to a certain wonderful place that you thought you would go to. Yes. So you then start looking at home and what's, yeah. what's been great to see what is the here? level of people out walking in Hong Kong. Yes. So I really think that's going to help yeah. our uh, nature conservation awareness yeah. and, and expectations to look after our country parks even more yeah. than they currently do and hopefully yeah. even get some more yeah. marine parks that are actually protected rather yes. than a fishing zone. Okay, Marin, so if people want to get involved um, a bit with sort of conservation and environmental issues, how, how would they go about that? There's so many ways to kind of what I'd say is help yeah. improve your local community. Starting with simple things like if you notice the recycling bins are overflowing, Yes. Ring up 1823 and ask for them to be empty more often. You know, okay. 1823. Yep. 1823, yep. the simple number. The app on your phone for that. Yeah. 
challenges with COVID. They're not taking general environment things at the moment, but keep yeah, that in yeah. mind for when you can use that channel. When we first came to Hong Kong, we were living up uh, the valley in the area that where Jenny Quinton's got Ark Eden. Oh, yeah. So okay. there's a number of different ways to get involved. You know, like Ark Eden, they're always looking for people to come and help watering trees. I emphasize yes. watering trees because yeah. that's more of a requirement than planting trees. A lot more days after you've planted a tree yeah. where the p- tree needs water for yeah. many years and weeding it and things like yeah. that. Um, then you've got other groups that are going on like the uh, farm to table kind of groups the, that yes. are trying to improve the options for getting food growing locally yeah and so we're lucky in we that there is also yeah. the out islands women's association do that okay. food um collection for waste food scraps that okay. gets composted so right. look out for that is um, that the sort of winnie the farm thing is yeah that part of the part winnie of the farm and yeah. uh yeah miffy's yeah. um uh working a lot on that okay. thing i got to know miffy's programs and that links into groups like safe land tower alliance which is a more okay. of a cantonese focus on yeah. transport environment issues so wetland filling destruction of stuff yeah. like that okay um and then of course i'd be totally happy yeah. for people to volunteer and help with living islands movement we're looking okay. for people there that are passionate talking about like the transport side of things yeah uh, some that want to learn more about the legal side of things for town planning applications zoning yep. regulations things like that yep. and of course like most yep. sites social media people want to help us yep. promote that and build websites that's um, yes I mean, any one of these entities I've mentioned all yeah. need that back-end yeah, support. Yeah, so it yeah. doesn't have to be out in the field. Yeah. It can be in the office, you might say, while you're at home helping yeah. groups. So look up. Yeah. My Way to Tayo family is a great place to see what's going on. Very and uh, yes. if you're worried about seeing a python, join Hong Kong snakes. Yeah, yeah that's <laughs> that right. That will get you to understand all the snakes on South Yeah, Lantel Will Sargent's well. yeah, uh, perfect. thing. Yeah, yeah. So many ways for people to be there part There is, of the actually, isn't yeah, there? Yeah. When you think about it, even just you mentioning them there, you know, the, the the fact that we're in Lantown, most people living here do have a social conscience and awareness for environmentalism. Look at your local community uh, group that you converse with. Yeah. And that's why I mentioned like the Moira Tire Family's Facebook page or yeah. other groups like that. Yeah. Ask the question publicly there. Yes. Rather than doing one on one, I always love having a conversation that's yeah. one to many like this. Yeah. Because then the leveraging effect is a lot more beneficial and then others learn yeah. even if they don't want to participate they know to tell someone else yeah that's true it kind of self-governing isn't it yeah. that moi wotatayo family it's the right person who eventually will get the right answer out there yep. all right i think with that um it just remains for me to say thank you very much Marion, for coming to talk to us today pleasure to be talking again you can listen to all of our podcasts published at soundcloud under gary brightman or on youtube under live at vibe hk or follow the links from my website at vibehk.com if you'd like to be interviewed for the weekly podcasts or have a local lantau business you want mentioned then please contact me at vibe finally a reminder that vibe is open seven days a week every day of the year from 12 noon until approximately 6 30 each evening Well, that's it for another week. Thanks for listening to the 17th Vibe Book and Music Shop podcast called Vibrations. I'm Gary Brightman. You get my vibe? Can you imagine what this old island must have looked like to those Dutch sailors when they first saw it? Fresh green. Like a dream of a new world. They must have held their breath.
afraid it would disappear before they could touch it.